Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. We are near the end of the second round of the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. This is the conference semifinals, of which we have already seen the Miami Heat. Shout out to Miami Advance against the Philadelphia 76ers. And we are in game seven between the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks, minus Chris Middleton. And of course, on the Western side, we see the Sun struggling against the Dallas Mavericks, the resilient Dallas Mavericks. And we also see on the Western side, a pretty fun and exciting series between the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. But I'm not going to concentrate so much on the Western Conference tonight. Maybe I'll touch a little bit on that near the end of this particular episode. But I want to touch a little bit on the Eastern Conference semifinals. Why? Because I think when you're watching these these teams play, when you saw these four teams play, given that the Philadelphia 76ers have had the worst of luck with Joel Embiid and his health, on top of the fact that you've gotten no type of commitment out of James Harden, these could be the best four teams in the playoffs right now. I'm willing to bet that if the ball, excuse me, if the Philadelphia 76ers play with more integrity than what they have been, we're talking about four teams just in the East that are playing probably the best basketball we've seen in a long time. And let's just talk about the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks series for just a second. Why has that become the most underrated series in the NBA playoffs? Now, there's something that may say different. That's what I gathered when we're talking about this series with the Celtics and the Bucks. Nobody really gives these teams any clout. They don't, they, they, they don't, they don't talk high about them. We're not over there, um, I don't know, oohing and on about them. We're, we're not really sitting there in awe regarding these two teams. I can't figure out why. Because what I get from this series is a lot of what you may want to see in the finals. And we don't know offhand if we're going to get this in the finals. All I know is that for what we see right now, we're talking about two teams that have developed great defense against each other, against each other's opponents. So we see how the Celtics came out flat. They lost game one. And then they came out and they came out shooting game two. And then they went back to Milwaukee and they lost game three, a game they should have won just to turn around and win game four, just to come back to Boston to have Milwaukee smack them up game five in a close one for the Celtics to go back to Milwaukee and win convincingly in game six. Now, what makes the difference between these games? Make a note of this, ladies and gentlemen. I made mention of this last year. The first player to score 30 or more points pretty much wins the game. Now, the only caveat to that point would be this. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 21 points at the half, finished with 44 points in the game. He nearly had half the team's points, and they still lost. So then you have to wonder, how did they still lose? 
But Andre DeCumbo scoring 44 points and, and getting over 20 rebounds, how does this team still lose? Coaching. The strategy they used against Andre DeCumbo the rest of their team worked. Because outside of applying pressure to the other players, who else really shined on that team for the Bucks? Drew Holiday only had 17 points. Now, if, if, you, if you think about it from this angle, if you're trying to somehow win against the Celtics, then you have to rely on other players to step up big outside of the guys you would think would do just that. The guys that you just know, the guys you instinctively know that are going to go out there and score your 30 or 40 points, that's not enough. It's not enough. It wasn't enough for Milwaukee to go out there and let Antetokounmpo do his thing. Because even with the 44 points he had, it still wasn't enough. They lost by about 12 points, 13 points. So you figure Antetokounmpo can't go out there and score 60 points. This is where other team, other players on this team needed to step up. Where's Lopez at? Where's Matthews at? Where was Portis at in this game? I think Connelton was the only other player that was in double digits. Between Drew Holiday and Pat Connington, what was the rest of the players? And this is what I mean by coaching. Udaka understood that he had to find a way to make sure that nobody else was able to score. You want Giannis to score his 44 fine. You want Drew Holiday to do his thing, score 17, maybe get a few steals, fine. We'll let him have that. But in the end of the day, by the end of the day, we have to make sure we have more points on that board. So we need other guys to step up. Jalen Brown had 22 points. Marcus Smart had about 20 points. And and, and the list goes on. uh, Jason Tatum had 46 points. It's not just about the man that scores the most amount of points. It's not about the superstar that scores 40 plus, 50 plus, because that doesn't guarantee anything anymore. We need more adversity from either the defense to shut down those other guys, or we need our guys to stand out, step up, and play better offense, shoot better from the field, shoot better from three-point land. At some point, Boston could not miss. I don't have all the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty certain that by the end of the game, Boston Celtics shot nearly 20 three-point shots out of about 40. They were just throwing up shots. They were continuously throwing up three-point shots and making them. That's the difference maker in that game six. And we can sit there and say the same things about games one through five. But it seems like with, with each game to this point, the Milwaukee Bucks has found a way to tighten their defense. The Boston Celtics have found a way to tighten their defense. So it really does come down to the other players, the role players, the bench players. Grant Williams at some point has to realize you got to start putting up some points. Game seven is going to have to come down to what Marcus Smart will do that game, along with Derek White, what he does that game, Grant Williams, and if you can get Robert Williams third out there to do something because it's not going to just fall on Tatum to win that game alone. It's not going to fall just on Jalen Brown to win that game alone. And I can say the same thing about the Milwaukee Bucks. We got to see a lot more out of Drew Holiday, unfortunately. I mean, he played a great game six, 
And I mean, he's playing a great series. Shout out to Drew Holiday. But we're going to need more from the other guys that contribute on the bench, off the bench, starting five, whoever you may be. We need more points out of you. Giannis scoring 44 and still losing? That is unacceptable. And I'm looking at their team from top to bottom. Portis is usually big in those situations, but they shut that brother down. Wesley Matthews may have a better game than what he had, but they shut that brother down. It was just the fact that they found a way to neutralize the guys that they knew could put up big points. Lopez himself, Robin Lopez probably could have put up 20 points, but they found a way to shut him down. He, I think he might have finished with 11 points. It's just the fact that this is where we are in the series. Game 7 is going to be the same. They're going to play outstanding defense. Now, I didn't predict the Celtics to win in 7. I just predicted the Celtics to go to the finals. Because I have to believe what I believe still stands. If the Celtics find a way to defeat the, the Milwaukee Bucks on Sunday, Game 7, they will go to the finals. Because what is the Miami Heat at this point? And I give a lot of respect to the Miami Heat. But they really didn't go out there and dominate against the 76ers. The 76ers shut themselves down. They shot their own selves in the foot. They were unresponsive to what they needed to do to win. And I'm, I'm not really knocking the team as a whole. I'm not even knocking Doc Rivers. But there's only so much that a coach can do when a player does not step up and play their game. James Harden, where are you, brother? What is going through your mind right now? Are you waiting for that day for you to see the, 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 the coaches or the GMs that you want in your pocket to somehow take over the, the 76ers? Is this a situation where you want your players and you want your coaches and you want your GMs to be your team? Is this a situation where you don't respect Doc Rivers for being the coach that he is, the wonderful coach that he is, the winning coach that he is? The guy has a ring. How many rings do you have? But yet there's no respect there. There is a lack of respect for a man that only shoots the, shoots the ball twice in the second half of a game in which you are losing. And this man didn't even put up more than 12 points. And here I am naming names of people that put up 20 points. He couldn't put up more than 11 points. Had nothing in the second half. How despicable of a game and, and how despicable of a player can this person be? Now, wait. The commission's going to play devil's advocate for about 30 seconds. Perhaps he was hurt. Perhaps he was out of his game because there was a lot of things he just couldn't do. Maybe he wasn't feeling well. Maybe he wasn't in rhythm. Maybe they found a way to put pressure on him. Okay, those are all great, great excuses. But there's a reason why you want to get paid top dollar by the end of this season. There's a reason why you did go to Philadelphia and not stay with Brooklyn. Because I think he knew and realized that his time would come. That he would get the money he feels he deserves and just be able to do whatever he wants with that team. And that is a no. It's going to send me probably a good 45 minutes from where I am right now. So I'll be doing some driving. But you know, in the midst of what we do to sacrifice our time 
it's still the fact that we should really be grateful for the things that we have yet to see, have yet given to us, have been given to us. And we should be proud of the fact that we have had our health and security to be able to carry us in a position where we can go a step further from where we were before. I thank God every day for every moment that I have at work. And I thank him for the time that I spend on this podcast. But nothing feels better than knowing you've received a promotion to do something that may be bigger and better what you've done before and that there's a level of trust that comes with it. But it's not possible without the man from above, from the good Lord upstairs, and it wouldn't have been possible for the great people that I've worked with for the last few months, some for the last few years, several years. I shot those guys out and I shot those ladies out for what they've done for me. This was my last day in that office. I will be going to another office starting next week. But it's moments like this where I am happy and proud. I feel like I'm doing something right. The commission would be the first one to tell you that sometimes, you know, being on a podcast is one thing, but the things we experience outside the podcast is what makes us who we are as individuals. It makes us happy. It makes us proud. It, it, it gives us some sense of direction, knowing that we've done something right and now we're being rewarded for our works. So I can only hope moving forward that the more time that I spend at work, that same energy will permeate through my body so that when I put it towards the podcast, when I've got the mic going, that people can better understand why I do this. Whether I get paid for this or not, it's still the fact that there is somebody that sits high and looks low that makes sure that we all are in a position to progress. So says the commission. I want to thank everybody again for listening to my podcast. It means that much to me. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I am the commission, and I'm going to wrap this up in just a second. A lot of basketball still have yet to be played. We'll be going into the Western Conference Finals within the next week, the upcoming week, which I will touch on that then when the time comes. But until that time comes, I wish everybody the best of weekends. I hope everybody is safe during this time. And I hope that the weather treats everybody well. Maybe the weather is not too bad in certain parts of the country, especially the eastern part of the country. It should be nice. Maybe a little rain, but I saw some sun. But nonetheless, be careful out there. People means that much to me. Believe me. So with that being said, I'll end it by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe get vaccinated, and I am out. That's a solid no, no way, ain't happening, not on this term, not on this turf. Not going to happen. James Harden is, is, is fooling himself. He is playing himself. If he feels as though he has control over the Sixers team, Joel Embiid scored 20 points with a broken face, concussed, with a bad thumb. As I said before, a slight limp to the left. This man played injured and had a better game than James Harden. There is no reason for why we have to sit here and watch such deplorable style of play when you're talking about advancing to the 
Eastern Conference Finals against a Miami Heat team that really didn't have their best game against the Sixers. Outside of perhaps the 30-plus you got from Jimmy Butler, who else really stepped up in that game? I didn't see anybody else step up in that game. Bam Adebayo had a pretty decent game, but he didn't really step up and dictate that game. So why couldn't you take advantage of it? Danny Green goes down with an injury, but you still lose track of what you were supposed to do against this Heat team. So whether it's back to the drawing board or whatever the case may be, I guess the second point to this show is the fact that you cannot allow slackers to be on the squad like this. You can't allow you can't allow players that have won MVP honors to come up short in these situations. And given a time where Joel Embiid probably should have won MVP honors, it's still the fact that we need all hands on deck. We need guys to play their A game. James Harden did not play his A game. They didn't even come close. And this guy is trying to get top money, max dollar? Please. Anybody that's, anybody that's willing to sign that much money to James Harden outside of being foolish does not deserve to hold the title that they have to work under that position in that establishment. If you're the GM and you feel the need to give James Harden more money because of what his past history holds and has shown, shame on you. And you should not be a general manager. The Western Conference semifinals, it's a crapshoot. It truly is. I'm not going to even sit here and tell you how it should play out. Because outside of the fact that no one's really putting up 30 plus points, for the, for the Suns and where they are right now, they are falling apart before our very eyes. And they're struggling against a Dallas Mavericks team that going into the playoffs was just fighting just to keep themselves in a position to be in fourth and drop no further than fourth. And they're playing good basketball. Luka Doncic came out hurt early on in the first series against Utah. And now here we are talking about the Dallas Mavericks possibly, possibly going to the Western Conference Finals. It'd be the first time in, in nearly a decade, a little over a decade, since the Dallas Mavericks have made it that far. But it just truly shows how much the Suns are starting to implode right before our very eyes. Chris Paul is starting to show his true colors as a player. It's not to say that he can't play basketball anymore, but this series has tired him. It has exhausted him. And maybe the Pelicans get a little bit of credit for that. I don't know. We saw how the Pelicans kind of rode him to the point where he looked tired then, but he looks even more exhausted in this series against Dallas. I don't know what kind of offense Dallas is going to run, but I got to believe with Donch is playing even at 80 or 90%, you'll take that if you know you got a winning chance into the Western Conference Finals. As for the Warriors and the Grizzlies, as they finish up game six of their series, by the time you guys hear this, who's to say if the Warriors would not already be going into the Western Conference Finals? They're playing at home, but I, I, I got to feel that 
you know, this team, the Golden State Warriors, understand what adversity is all about. They understand what it takes to win. Not to say these other teams don't, but they've been there before. Steph Curry has been there before. Klay Thompson's been there before. Draymond Green's been there before. Head coach Steve Kerr's been there before. Whether they've had KD or not, they know what to do. They understand that Memphis is a young, hungry team that's willing to go out there and smack them in the face. And best believe if they had John Morant playing, it'd be a different story right now. But these are the series, even for the Golden State Warriors, you have to take advantage of. You have to just nip this in the bud as soon as you can because you don't know what you're going to get out of Memphis. Memphis plays their best at home. They play hot. They play exciting basketball. The synergy is there within the arena. And for the Warriors to struggle the way that they have against the Memphis Grizzlies, the fact that they were down by 50 points against the Memphis Grizzlies, the question really comes down to which team is showing up for the Warriors? What what Draymond Green is out there on the court that's probably somehow or another affected by the crowd of the Memphis Grizzlies? Even the team itself, it's a young team. Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant. I mean, these guys are young. And they're ferocious. And they know what they can do against the Warriors. Warriors are young too, but... They're not playing with that same tenacity. They're not playing with that type of energy. They're not. Even though I think they will do just fine in the series, I have to believe if they go up against the Suns this way, or if they go up against the Mavericks this way, this may go another seven games if it doesn't go seven against Memphis right now. So says the commish. You have been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I want to show some love to a few people that I worked with for the last few years. Uh, we have been back uh, since COVID in our offense for the uh, offense in our office for the last few months, and I have had the pleasure. I have been grateful and humbled to have the pleasure of working with these people. And I was just received a promotion. I just was given a promotion to work elsewhere.